What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. This is your host for the ad space, Austin. And if this is your first time tuning in, then welcome to the community preparedness. We appreciate you being here and choosing Fieldcraft for your preparedness, conversations, training, products, all the above. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys about the sponsors that make this content free for all of you. And our first one is our friends at Black Rifle Coffee. Um, we've become great friends with everyone there and it all has spun off of because of Mike and Evan's relationship and, uh, their time working together and their friendship. And now we have this awesome business partnership and we're really excited to be doing a ton of content then with them this upcoming year and the end of this year, got some really cool things planned. And for me personally, I'm just excited because now I fit in, I I'm more of a coffee drinker now. I wasn't before. And, um, I found what works for me. And so thanks to those guys for that. So I get to be just a normal human that consumes caffeine like the rest of the planet. So you need to go check out their coffee club because that's kind of where I got my start is figured out what I wanted, did a few little taste tests cause I had the in, you know, and then figured out what I wanted, but then, uh, it gets delivered to me on a schedule that I want, whatever, how I want it to come to me. If I want it in, in, in the actual beans, if I want it in the ground, ground up for me already, however I want it, all I do is go in there, fill out the questionnaire, and then I get it delivered right to my door, which is awesome. So guys, we actually have a code for you for Black Rifle Coffee, and that is CRAFT15. CRAFT15 is your code for blackriflecoffee.com. Go out, check out their coffee club. Guarantee you guys won't be disappointed. And we got that 15% off for you. Craft 15 at blackriflecoffee.com. Next up is the Personal Defense Network. If you're interested in being better prepared at taking care of yourself and others in an emergency, and we know you are because you're listening to the Fieldcraft podcast right now, then you need to head over to Personal Defense Network because they can help. So they have an amazing offer for all the Fieldcraft Survival listeners. You sign up for Personal Defense Network premium membership with the exclusive offer for this podcast and get a full year of their premium membership for only $3. Yeah, that's 96% off their normal price. So visit go.personaldefensenetwork.com forward slash survival to take advantage of the great offer, guys. So that discount will be applied at checkout using code FIELDCRAFT. All right, so join the community of thousands who are committed to developing their personal defensive skills. The premium membership gives you access to hundreds of full-length videos, on topics like emergency medical techniques, armed, unarmed defense, firearm training, security techniques, and tactics for your home and workplace, defensive gear, and so much more, guys. We would always encourage you here at Fuelcraft to absolutely come train with us, but train with other people in the industry as well, because it gives you a fresh perspective, a different perspective that will help you build out your defensive plan and the way that you view your own preparedness. So head over to the Personal Defense Network. Get the premium membership for just $3 right now. It's go.personaldefensenetwork.com forward slash survival. And up next is one of our OG sponsors, Triarch Systems. Chris Reeves and his whole gang there have always supported us since day one. Uh, they've been behind the Fieldcraft mission and have always been great friends of ours as well as great business partners. And we appreciate those guys so much. They were here at our grand opening, I guess, over a year ago now, which is crazy. And um, we're here talking to and engaging with all of you guys and talking about the great weapon systems that they build. And if you're not familiar, they make the premier weapon systems on planet Earth. Our training team uses them. They love them. And guys, I can tell you from my own personal experience, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better gun and weapon system out there. So head over to TriarchSystems.com, use code FIELDCRAFT, and it'll save you 5% on your next build at TriarchSystems.com. 
Hey, welcome back to the Philcroft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I'm sitting down with Angie. Angie, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. What do you think of a new place? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super nice in here. It's very cozy. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the store was the, supposed to be the first thing built, but we kind of built the uh, podcast room up yeah. because, you know, we want to get, there, there's there's a lot of really interesting people in this area to talk to. Yeah. And the uh, the podcast, we're kind of backlogging and, and getting, uh, you know, lined up. So we want to get moving. I'm actually taking this kit on Friday out to Asheville to interview a, a Vietnam veteran. Oh, who, wow. Yeah, who uh, he wrote a book and all that. So he was in the infantry in Vietnam. So I'm super happy about that. It's yeah. going to be pretty cool. And it's a pretty area. Yeah. So you is. get to like, yeah. get away from Fayetteville. Exactly. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. It's always nice to go somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we're going we're gonna to chat a little bit about uh, you have a nonprofit to yes. help, help veterans and stuff like that. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But I, I always like to get a context because I know you're, you're a, a military veteran. And you served in combat, yes. uh, Iraq or Afghanistan? Afghanistan. Okay, um, we can talk about that a little bit too, if you want. But, uh, <laughs> the um, I, 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 you know, people people go on this journey and they end up where you are today. And there's yeah. always things along the line that kind of drove you in that direction. And I'm actually very interested in females joining the military. And you know, you were in combat arms because my daughter's in in the military. She's an Army Reserve Military Police, right? Oh, nice. And when she went to uh, when she went to basic training, uh, the first night there, how old were you when you went to basic? Uh, 18. Okay. Yeah. Did you get that shock to the system? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She she called us the first night. <laughs> she had that, oh shit, what did And I she do? was crying yeah. and it was heartbreaking, but we knew it. it yeah. She, I like, look, this is as bad as it's ever going to be. Yeah. It's going to get better every single day. Yeah. And then like halfway through, she wrote a letter and she was like... I'm so sorry. I was so difficult as, you know what I mean, as a but teenager. But it's hard. I mean, that's your first like real time away from home. And yeah. you get there and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. It's it's quite a commitment, yeah. right? And, and uh, I, I don't know if it's more difficult for females than males. Um, I don't know. Maybe because we're more like emotional. Maybe. I guess, you know, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I was so different from most females that I always wanted to leave. I was like, I'm going to join the military and I'm going to be gone. Like really? I want out of this town. I want to be gone. So Where I was you like, up? um, near Buffalo, New York. So oh. a town called Attica. Oh, Canada. So yeah, pr- basically much- <laughs> Canada. Yeah. The frozen tundra. Yeah. So I was like, I'm out of here as soon as I can go. Where'd you go to but, basic? Um, Fort Jackson, okay. South Carolina. What, you, what month? July. Oh or my June. goodness. From 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 June or July. From that far north to this yeah. heat and humidity yeah. of South Carolina. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So at what age did you think you want to go in the military? I would say my freshman year in high school, I knew that I wanted to go in. What was the influence? My, honestly, I don't even a hundred percent know. I was always big time tomboy. So mm-hmm. most of my good friends were guys mm-hmm. and my like two close friends, they knew that they were going in. My one friend, Kevin, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna be infantry ranger, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, huh, I never thought about it. And then I started looking into it and I was like, oh my gosh, like you go into the military, then I don't have to go to college because I hated school. Mm-hmm. I was like, you guys like they party all the time. They have fun. Like they go to war. I just thought that everything about it was so cool. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm doing that too. Okay. And yeah. it just, 
ever since then. I, so you're you're an alpha female. You're, you're more yes. comfortable with men than you are with women. Hundred okay, percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Women are mean. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Like, they way are. More yeah. comfortable with men. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, it's funny how like a conversation in high school leads you on a path yeah. that you would never yeah. have gone on, yep. you know? Um, it was like, like, I joined the Irish army when I was freaking 18. Right. Yeah. And, uh, my buddy was like, Hey, why don't we go in the army? And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm game. You know? Whatever. Yeah. Let's do it. What <laughs> yeah, else? Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the best decisions in life are made that, yeah. that way. So you went in, what was your MOS when you went in? Um, first I was 88 Mike. So truck driver. Yes. Okay. So what made you pick that? Um, I had a really terrible ASVAB score. Really? Yeah. Because oh. I hated school. <laughs> and when we took the ASVAB, it was like in our gymnasium. So mm -hmm. I remember sitting at like a big desk full of people and we were just kind of like screwing around, filling this stuff out. And my score was terrible. And they were like, do you want to retake it? And I was like, no, like it's high enough to get in. So I'm yeah. just going to do this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just... So went you, with it. Where did you go to? So you went to basic in South Carolina, mm -hmm. and then you went. Where did you go to AIT? Um, that was in Missouri, Winterwood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah. then after that, I went to uh, Fort Campbell, and then from C Fort Campbell went to Bragg, and then got out at Bragg. What year did you uh, go to basic? Um, two thousand and ten. Okay, so. Um, you went to basic AIT and your first duty station was Campbell. Mm -hmm. uh, did you deploy there? Yes. Where? Uh, to Jalalabad, Afghanistan. Okay. So yep. again, at that time, there was no females in combat arms as mm -hmm. such, but you drove a truck. You were out yeah. driving around on the battlefield. Yeah. So it wasn't like that you you were on the fire base or in, in you know, Bagram or Kandahar um, eating at the chow hall all the time. I assume you were on convoys driving around Afghanistan. Yeah, they did, but not like, I feel like it was not as much as even in like the more beginning years. You know what I mean? At yeah. that point still, it was when they were doing the more like, um, what is it? Uh, the, where you're training them. You know, you basically drive around mm -hmm. And let the app like train the Afghans yeah, yeah, on yeah. how to do all their stuff. So, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like. That didn't work out that good. No, apparently. it didn't. Like, yeah, clearly yeah, it did I know. not. I, I, yeah. I trained them to fight. That didn't work out that no, good either. I know. Who knew? So right? it's just. Yeah. I, I, the whole yeah, thing is crazy. It really is. It's so frustrating. Um, but I mean, when you think about like truck driver, most people are like, oh, you were driving like, you know, just like a big truck with supplies and stuff but most of the time like truck drivers that are over there you're driving like the mraps and stuff or oh, they're gunners or okay. they you know what i mean it's yeah. not you're yeah. not really driving a truck you're doing okay yeah i think everybody I, I think people looked at that mos a little differently when jessica lynch got rolled up in a rack yeah. and she was like I'm a truck driver. I'm not going to be in combat. Yeah. And all so of I'm a not sudden, clean my weapon. Yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah. Or loaded. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, you're surrounded. Did they, yeah. when you were in basic or AIT more so, did they train you properly for, for counter ambush, kind of stuff like that? I personally don't think so. No. Because no, yeah. I feel like even when I went from, you know, the quote unquote, like, more pogey things like mm -hmm. being a truck driver to when I went to the field artillery, even when I was in field artillery, we, I didn't know any mm. real like 
tactics. You know, I guess wow. that's like infantry stuff anyways, but you think that everybody's supposed to know that. Yeah. So I never felt like I really, if I was in a combat situation, like really? on the ground, clearing a building, like, yeah, okay. Everybody knows how to clear a building a little yeah. bit, but we, I would have been lost as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's surprising. The idiot might think not so much, right? Yeah. But the, the, the field artillery, when you went to combat arms, you would think that they, because when I was in Afghanistan, we had a, uh, we had a, a, a battery of 105s that were on our fire base and we moved them out with us and set up fire, firing position because they couldn't reach where we needed to hit from the fire base. So we had to move them forward mm-hmm. and uh, forward deploy them. So they were out on the battlefield with yeah. us. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a little uh, shocking. How long were we were in idiot, Mike? Um, three or four years. Mm-hmm. And so then they opened up uh, combat arms to females. Yes. And you were like, okay, I'll have some of this. Yeah. Because I was either going to go civil affairs or psyops because I was like, I can't, like, I can't do this, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, then it was in 2014 when I was deployed, they started opening up combat MOSs and my window to re-enlist opened up and I was like, okay, this isn't for me. So I'm going to do it. So I'm going to interrupt this podcast for just one second and talk to you about our sponsor, athletic greens so i've been using athletic greens for a little while now guys and it's a great way for me to just wake up early when i'm heading out to teach a class heading out to hunt whatever it is i'm going out to do and just dump a little scoop right into some water shake it up and i'm good to go and it gives me energy throughout the day instead of making me feel groggy if i just go grab fast food on the way so it's actually chock full of vitamin d and there's a lot of experts that are now bringing up and showing a lot of studies that support adding vitamin d to your diet actually supports your immune system. So pretty awesome. And many of the population are actually vitamin D deficient. So adding that vitamin D to your daily life and supporting uh, your immune system that way will actually help with vitamin D production, which is really important for you to be able to do during the winter months, whenever you're not out and about and getting that sun like you normally would. So it's helped me a lot. And in one scoop of athletic greens, you're going to find vitamins and minerals uh, crucial for that well-functioning nervous system and functional building block of a strong immune system. You're going to find dairy-free probiotics in that super food complex. So guys, go to the show note below or the website athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So that's athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. You'll find it down in the show notes to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Why field artillery? Mm, Infantry wasn't open at that time. It wasn't? Nope. It was like in the very beginning when they started opening it. So Mm -hmm. field artillery was the closest that I could get. So I was like, hell yeah. Okay. You good at math? Um, No. Was that a problem? Not really. Really? Yeah. Because when I did the 18 Bravo course and we were doing like plotting boards and I did yeah. you do all that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I guess when it's something that you want to do, mm-hmm. it's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that person where mm-hmm. when it's like regular math to just have to do math, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be good at it. Yeah. But if yeah. it's something that I'm interested in, like yeah. I'm going to figure out and then I'm going to get good at okay. it. How long was uh, AIT for field artillery? Oh, man. Ish. I honestly don't even know. Mm-hmm. It was probably, probably like twelve or thirteen weeks. So you went back. You were probably like an E four or something, yep. right? Yeah, when you yep. went back, and uh, you were probably with basic trainees who just finished basic that were going to AIT. Yeah. Right? Was that annoying? Yeah, 
Yeah. I bet it was. Was, yeah. was it so? <laughs> As a female at the very start going into combat arms, did you hit resistance? Did you hit um, problems at all? Not really. I mean, you could, you can definitely tell the people who doubt it, mm -hmm. but it was very easy to make them feel more comfortable when I could like perform as well as the men, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? In like the PT areas, all the areas, I wasn't making an excuse for being a female or mm -hmm. like causing drama so it was just like i was accepted like super quick so i was really lucky i never felt like i had anybody who didn't want me there or yeah was were, crappy were about there it. other females that went into ait at that point no so i was the i was the only one in my class because i was like one of the first to go through but then the class uh like right behind me was girls who had just gone through basic training mm -hmm. that were coming into the MOS. Right. So they were, you know, just a few weeks behind. But you could tell that the instructors were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What do we do with these females? And they would come right. up to me and be like, you need to teach them how to do their hair. I'm like, <laughs> they should have learned that in basic training. Like, that's yeah. not on me. Like, what the heck? Yeah. So, but they wouldn't take them like to the PX to get the gel or the brushes that they needed. So mm -hmm. I'm like scrounging up money from all of them and going and buying their gel and teaching them how to do their hair. I was like, I don't know what you guys like expect, you know? Mm -hmm. So then um, the sergeant major that was there, he actually wanted my orders to get changed from going to Bragg to staying there as cadre because they were like, okay, we're having females coming through. We need to have like, That's like a drill female cadre. Was, was it, no, it no. wouldn't be a drill. Sorry. No, it would just, just be like cadre at the schoolhouse, not even um, an instructor, I guess. It just somehow a cadre member that's not. Yeah, I get it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I will tell you that as an instructor, so I, I was the first sergeant in charge of the warrior leader course for special operations. Mm -hmm. And it was all, when I took over, it was all 18 series, 18 x-rays, very young. You know, I, they, they call it WLC. Probably yep. when you went there, it's called BLC now. So, and it was a soft version. It was all 18 series. And then they took in uh, civil affairs and psyops. So okay. it was females. So I was like, I am not taking females until I have female instructors. Right, like, yeah. I, let's not go down that road, right? Yep. And uh, so eventually got female instructors. And then, you know, the young 18 series instructors were like, oh, my God. You know, they're, they're so scared to, to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, that it is a minefield because you, 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 you. You inadvertently say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, it could end your career. Yeah. So that's why guys are standoffish, you know. And then we got a couple of uh, female instructors who were really good, but then the, 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 you know, at the start, everybody watched everything they said, right? Mm -hmm. Which made it very uncomfortable for the females, yeah. right? But then, as as the line of what's acceptable got pushed and pushed and pushed. It got really pushed, and I was like, guys, <sighs> you need to stop because yeah. my my concern was that. Um, all of a sudden somebody just says that wrong and then all hell comes crash. Yeah. So it's a very uncomfortable. It's like a, a weird line, it I really guess. It really is. But yeah. Yeah. And, and I used to, when, uh, when you know, civil affairs or psyops females would, would go through my class, I'd, I'd, at the end I would bring them into my office with a female instructor and I would say, look, I, I, you know, I have a daughter in the military. I, I, if, if, if anything inappropriate ever happened, I... I encourage you to bring it up yeah. however um you're in an mos in a special operations mos where if you're a delicate flower 
and you take offense to everything, yeah. it's not going to work. No. Like you're in the wrong job, right? Yeah. So it, again, it's a fine line to being um, one of the guys yep. to being um, too much one of the guys. I, I don't yeah. know where that line is. And I never really had to deal with it except as, as, a, as a first sergeant yeah. because the, there, there were no females in SF when I was there, right? So I re- retired last year. So I, I didn't really deal with it. Um, I, I think there's things that women are so much better at than men. Um, I, I, the, uh, but it, it is a, it is a weird dynamic. And I was never one of the guys that was like, physically she can't do this or physically she can't do that. I, I, I think that's BS, right? It's that it's that sexual component with yeah. people deployed no, together. I 100% agree. Like yeah. just because you can does yeah. not mean that you should. Yeah. And I feel like I learned that when I went in because I was like, oh, you know, women can do anything that men can do. And I was very much so like, we should be able to be there. Yeah. And then I got there and I loved it because I was one of the guys. Yeah. I like, don't hit on me. And yeah. I don't care. Like you yeah. can say some raunchy shit. I'm not going to care, yeah. but just be respectful to like yeah. me, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever crossed that line. But then as females started coming in, yeah, I realized like, I hate to say this about like us females, but females really ruin it. Well, they know, I, I, I got to be careful what I say here. They, they know how to play that. Some yeah, of them, right? Like and, the drama and yeah. just like, I was like, okay. So after I was there for like a year and they started coming in, I was like, females shouldn't be here. Like, we, I, honestly, we shouldn't. Because I, 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 think, just, I think like in, um, so like, honestly, if, if, if a female comes through and she goes on a special forces team and she's proficient and she can do her job and and um, guys will protect her. She'll yeah. become part of the team and they will protect her and they will, in the same way they protect each other, right? Yeah. You become, become part of the team, you know? You just got to get through that barrier initially and they got to understand uh, kind of where the line is and, and, and you got to understand it because yeah. it has to be a professional relationship. But I, still I, even there, I feel like with men and women, like men are naturally going to want to protect that female more so I, than I, the I, men. I, I you think know? it's bred into but, men. Yeah, yeah it's 100%. in your DNA. I, I will tell you that there are jobs in special operations that women are absolutely needed for. Um, now, maybe, I don't know if that's on an ODA or not, but there are intel jobs. And, and oh, yeah. I, I, when I was in special operations in Ireland, um, we one of our, the guys left our unit and he started like a private investigation thing and some of us used to do some work for him but you get a you get a female like number one if you're in the middle east and you have two uh sf guys with shaved heads and tattoos walking around a shopping mall together it looks out of place yeah. right but you put a female and the male together doing reconnaissance work and doing undercover type stuff it just looks normal yeah. right and but in ireland when they were doing this private investigations thing women go up to the house and start talking to men and saying, oh, you know, I remember one telling me a story like, oh, you know, I was thinking of buying the house down the road, but it's not, uh, uh, there's nobody there. I can't look at it. Can I come in and look around your house? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it got, let's be honest, men are dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- there, are, there are absolutely places for females in yeah. the special operations world. But it know? has to be a certain type of female. Yes. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that's where I think the special operations world has it much more figured out than the regular army world because that yeah. like that takes like a certain type of female to yeah. go through all that training and mm-hmm. to get there yeah. where as like just combat MOSs like the infantry and field artillery yeah. all you have to do is make it through basic training in AIT mm-hmm. and then you're there mm-hmm. and, and it's and like not everybody has the same 
mindset the whole time. Like a lot of females are very athletic and very in shape. So they're like, oh, I can do that. And then they get there and it's drama and, you know, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he said this or he did that. It's and high it's school. Just, it's yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and like, like, so females like you wouldn't want special treatment to get, you know what I mean? No. To move up in the ranks yeah. and all that. But I, I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird dynamic. It is. It really is. Because and it's like you can't paint all females that way. Yep. And it's hard because, you know, being in the military, that's always like, I feel like that's always going to be a stigma. Like, it is. That's always yep. going to be a thing like, oh, well, oh, you ranked up really quick. So you must have slept your way to the top. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Or I'm just good at my job. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm then, just doing the right thing, man. Then like, if one female does the wrong thing and get, gets whatever, like that, that's, that, then everybody paints out all females yep. like that. Right. And it, it's tough. It is. Yeah. I, um, I, but it's, uh, it's a strange dynamic, the military, yeah. and I'm, I don't have to deal with it anymore. I actually like working with females. I, I really do. I, yeah. I think there, there are certain things they're very, very good at and uh, much better than men. Um, but yeah, so if if I was on a team now, I, I'd be fine. But I would, if I was a team sergeant, I would feel obligated to protect her. Yeah, because I, I you have yeah, yeah. a daughter and a I wife, do, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. I think there's certain things baked into our DNA that yeah. we, we just can't help. Yeah, you know? 100%. Guys, we're going to interrupt and talk to you about our sponsor, Element. Element is a drink mix that is taking over the world. With Element, you can get back those valuable electrolytes after a fast or working out and help you fight the keto flu, carb cravings, and kickstart your day in the morning and help you fight off that mid-morning grogginess that we get. Element has zero sugar, no artificial ingredients or coloring, and many professional athletes in leagues like the NBA and the NFL are swapping over and adding Element into their life, and it's helping improve the way they do their craft. I know for me, guys, I have Element in my search and rescue bag at any given time. So whenever I go out on a call, I can drop a little bit into the water and get that energy that I need while I'm out conducting some kind of a search and rescue operation. So Element has a really special offer for all the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast listeners. And Element is giving you some of their stuff for free. So using the link that's in the show notes below, Element will send out a sample pack that includes eight packets of assorted flavors. All you have to do is pay shipping, which here in the US is around five bucks. So don't miss this offer, guys. It's totally risk-free. And if you end up buying something that you just don't love and maybe you change your mind on it, you can return it, no questions asked. Element's really excited to offer that no BS customer service. So we've been using Element here in the office for a while. Uh, it's really helped us out. I know I really enjoy having it and having that security, that peace of mind, and I can get back that energy I need when I'm out conducting some kind of SAR call. So guys, check it out, and I promise it'll be worth your time. Anyway, so uh, did you deploy with field artillery? No, I didn't. You didn't? No, okay. I wish. Okay. <laughs> then you, after eight years, you got out? Uh, yeah. So I was almost at eight years and then I was diagnosed with a heart disease. So oh. I had to get out. Oh, yeah. wow. If yeah. I didn't have that, I would still be How out. did you find it? Um. So I just started like having these random issues. I started like, I was passing out all the time and I was like legitimately felt like I was going to die. And, you know, at first the army was like, oh, you're having panic attacks here. Take some Prozac. Take this. Like, yeah, you just got back from (laughs) deployment not long ago. You're just having panic attacks. I was like, I'm not having panic attacks. Like Mm -hmm. this is like something is wrong. So army healthcare, man. Yeah. So they just were like, oh, go to behavioral health. And oh, wow. then they just wanted to put me on medication. And then when it was still happening, 
finally, um, one of the times where I had like one of these weird things where I passed out, they took me over to one of the med centers and they hooked me up and seen that like my, my heart rate and heartbeat, whatever, everything was all Mm -hmm. wacky. So finally got to go see a cardiologist and then I got to go off base for that. And they, cause they had to like burn some holes in my heart and stuff. They're like, do you want to go on base or off base? I was like, there's no way the army's burning a freaking (laughs) hole in my heart, man. Send me somewhere else. So I went to Pinehurst for that and yeah. Was it a hereditary thing or did something cause it? No, it's, um, it's a rare disease and they used to call it like the soldiers. Forget what it's called because it randomly comes on mm-hmm. and it happens more in young females. So they say that it can happen after like traumatic things or it can just come on. Mm-hmm. So they don't really know why it starts or how it starts. It just, it just starts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's frustrating. But. I, I knew a guy that was like, it's so funny because, you know, you're through your whole career and as you get near the end, like, and as I was getting near the end, other guys I knew were getting near the end and they were starting to document all their injuries. And I had one guy like that. He was just passing out ram- randomly. Yeah. Like he couldn't, uh, they, like they wouldn't let him drive a car at one point. Same. Right? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't yeah. allowed to, I couldn't drive a car. I wasn't allowed to be by myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to stand for more than two minutes. Like all of this crap. I, wow. Like it was insane. Yeah. But so when they did like the testing, you know, I would have the heart rate thing on and I would be at like a normal heart rate, be like 60. And then it would just randomly shoot up to like over 230 beats. And that's like your body's way to protect itself. It just shut off. Right. And I had like the irregular heartbeats and stuff. So that's, I guess why I was passing out more, Mm -hmm. but yeah. How how often were you passing out? Oh my gosh. When it first started, it was like every day. Wow. Sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah. Cause I mean, I didn't know what was happening yeah. and I wasn't listening to my body. So yeah. I was just like, and the army were throwing meds at Yeah. You. I was like, right. oh my God, I feel like yeah. I'm going to die, but I need to keep doing this. And yeah. then I would just, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So did, did they, is there a cure for it? No. There's not. Nope. But you're driving. Yeah. Well, because the army's not in control. So I, I mean, the doctors say I can drive, so I'm going to okay. drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So does it happen still or no? Um, No, I haven't passed out in a couple of years. I mean, I still have the issues, but ever since they burned the holes in my heart and got like the electricity in my heart running more regular, mm-hmm. it's just like my heart will go way too fast and it's super uncomfortable. And I just have learned how to kind of... Mm, live with it yeah relax mm-hmm. for a little bit and yeah. then it goes away and i'm good okay yeah cool. that's good so it's um, more just an inconvenience than anything mm. so they medically yeah. retired you the army? um no because there's no code in the va's little book so legally they only had to give me 10 percent. right so they, they're saying the army didn't cause that yeah 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 i knew a guy who had brain cancer and like when you're tired, they give them zero yeah. for that. They're like, eh, we didn't cause yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So when you get out, um, t- tell me the journey to where you are now with the nonprofit and all that. And then, then tell me about the nonprofit. Yeah. So when I got there's out, a reason you started the nonprofit, right? Yeah. There always oh, yeah. is. Yeah. There's always a reason. Um, I always grew up with horses and had horses and I had them when I was in the army too. That was like my outlet. Mm-hmm. So, um, When I had to get out, I was like, okay, well, like, what do I do? You know, we went to uh, South Carolina. My ex-husband got, we were stationed there at a college to do some random ROTC Mm -hmm. thing. 
and I was trying to find a job and I couldn't find a job because I didn't have a college degree. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, well, thanks for all of your time in the army, but that means literally nothing. So mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck am I going to do? So I started going to school online. Yeah, there's not, not, not a big need for field artillery in no, the civilian world. No, right? yeah. they don't care. I was yeah. like, you can have, you know, a two-year degree or a four-year degree in anything and they'll yeah. hire you. Mm -hmm. But yeah. having all this time in the military means nothing. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah so yeah. I started going online and I got my bachelor's degree. And then we were coming back up here to North Carolina and I had the opportunity to buy the place that I have now. Mm -hmm. And so I bought it and turned it into the equestrian center that I have, Fayetteville Equestrian Center. And I started boarding out of there and training and doing lessons and all that stuff. And I loved it because it was with horses, but it was just, I was missing something you know what i mean where you go from like being in the military and having a purpose to mm -hmm. all of a sudden like what am i doing like this is not i don't feel fulfilled i don't feel yeah. like this is not meaningful work you know yeah. people people like to throw the ptsd thing around yeah and more often than not it's loss of sense of purpose yeah. right it's loss of camaraderie it's loss of purpose it's loss of that structure yeah that all of a sudden is just gone yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. and i struggled with that bad because mm -hmm. i was like i I never had plans to do anything other than be in the military. So mm -hmm. it's like, what the heck? Yeah. But I knew that I had always wanted to do something with like a horse rescue. And then I was like, oh, I would love to be able to get back involved with the military somehow, like mm -hmm. veterans. And um, I found this girl online or she found me somehow and was getting rid of a Mustang. And because she had got it from a holding facility and was going to train it. And that's what a lot of people do. Well, she didn't realize how much went into it and like how wild they are. So she got this Mustang and her friend got one too. And then they were like, oh my gosh, like, we can't handle this. Mm -hmm. So um, the one girl gave me her Mustang for free. And that was like my first little introduction with like the wild Mustang. And I fell in love with it because mm -hmm. it was like the perfect amount of like danger. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, this is so cool. So then I worked with that Mustang and got him gentled. And then the other girl was like, okay, do you want, do you want this one too? So I was like, yeah. They're like, I got this pet, but it's not, yeah. not a great pet. No, because yeah. I mean, they get these wild Mustangs and they think that it's going to be easy. And it's, I mean, they're 1200 pound animals that are terrified mm -hmm. of you and don't. T tell me some of the challenges with them. Oh man. Like it's. Honestly, are they like? Because I, I don't know anything about horses, but are they like super headstrong? They don't. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I love them so much because I'm like oh, I can relate with you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah. like they want to do it their way. They don't want to do it your way. Like, and I mean, so how do you win them over when you're training them? Just with patience, and mm -hmm. you have to get them to trust you. You have mm -hmm. to like be their comfortable place. So mm -hmm. it's like a lot of pressure and release. And like with pressure, it's a lot of like your body language. So when they're, when you first come close to them, they're going to freak out. They're going to run. Like whenever we let ours off the trailer for the first time, they're like smashing into gates, trying to jump over gates. Like they're wild. That's their default setting. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they're trying to get away. It's mm -hmm. fight, flight or freeze for horses. So that's what they do, but it's like you have to 
when they do something that you want, like if they stop and turn and face you, then you have to like release the pressure. So you immediately back up or do something. And then they're like, oh, when I do this, you take the pressure off of me and I feel comfortable when you do this. So then they don't want to do something that's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Mm. So then it just, you do that until they just start so, trusting you. So you're reacting to what they do yeah. to, to kind of gauge their behavior. Right? Yeah. Guys, we're going to interrupt the podcast one more time and talk to you about our sponsor, Hoist. Hoist is a solution for people that are relentless in their pursuits. Hoist is one of three approved electrolyte hydration drink brands by the U.S. Department of Defense. It's a very bold statement. So much testing and trials go into doing that to be able to even make that statement. These guys have done it, and I can tell you from my own personal experience, it actually works the way they say it works. So they even claim that it hydrates you 110% better and longer than water. And I can tell you for a fact, guys, it works. It's crazy. So you can head over to drinkhoist.com. You can read about the science on how the whole thing works. It's pretty incredible. But I can tell you, while I'm out hunting and even on search and rescue calls, uh, using this stuff makes a tremendous difference for me to be able to make sure that my hydration is on the forefront of my preparedness while I'm out in the field. So it comes in five different bottled flavors and three different powdered flavors. So it has a good exercise recovery, uh, hangover relief, or excess time in the heat and sun, travel, dehydration recovery, whatever it is that you have that need for, this is the stuff for you. It's formulated to absorb instantly, replenishing your body with the electrolytes, carbohydrates, and fluids we need without delay. Hoist is hydration that you can feel. So guys, head over to drinkhoist.com, use code FIELDCRAFT, 10. That's Fieldcraft 10. It'll save you 10% on your next purchase over at drinkhoist.com. How long does it take to, to build rapport and to build trust? Or is it different it's for every different horse? It's different for every yeah, horse, yeah. Course, yeah. I mean, yeah. we have this one Mustang that's there. And when we first got them, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to be like the most difficult one because anything would happen. Like a dog would go by the gate and she would just be so quick with her feet, like striking out and just it's mm -hmm. like, she's going to be a pain. She is like the sweetest thing ever. She just wants love from everybody. Mm -hmm. So she was the easiest horse. Mm -hmm. And then the one that I thought was going to be the easiest is the most challenging one. Mm -hmm. are so they, it's are, just, they, are they all difficult in their own way initially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just the way Mustangs are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're just wild animals, yeah. basically. I mean, they yeah. just don't, they have all of their like natural horse senses. So they're just like so pure in horse form. Yeah. But that's why it's so much fun because like they've never been ruined by people yet, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like you have that opportunity to like really change their, their little world for mm -hmm. the better, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's amazing. But that's, when I realized when I got those two Mustangs, I started looking into Mustangs and realized how many of them are in holding facilities. And there's like, there's more wild Mustangs in holding facilities just waiting to be adopted or waiting to die than there are actual wild Mustangs like living free. What do, what do you mean so, holding, holding facilities like? So the Bureau of Land Management does roundups constantly because they only want a certain amount of wild mm. Mustangs on the land. So they round them up with like helicopters and stuff. And it's like a pretty sad thing to watch there's like so much open land in america yeah. it's crazy yeah. right yep. yeah so they push them they'll push them like up to 20 miles with a helicopter and a lot of them will break their legs or have heart attacks like the old ones the babies like 
can you imagine running for 20 miles, mm-hmm. like terrified? Mm. So it's, I mean, it's super sad. And then they just round them up and they stick them in these holding facilities and hope that somebody comes and adopts them. So if you go to um, one of the Bureau of Land Management sites, it's like $125 for the first one and then like 50 or $25 for everyone after that. But then if you go to these other places, there's places in like Florida and Tennessee that will have them shipped out to them. Every one of them is $125, which that's like the expensive mm. Mustang. So it's so cheap. Right. But not everybody wants a, a, no. a wild Mustang. No. Right? So yeah. it's hard to adopt them out because you have to um, you have to apply and get approved to be, you know, an okay home. You have to have like six foot metal fencing and like so certain if I, things. So if I owned like 100,000 acres, I couldn't like adopt 10 of them and just let them go? Technically you could because mm-hmm. when I filled out my application, it asked me to draw how I had my stuff set up mm-hmm. and I sent it in and they approved it. Nobody ever came and looked. Nobody mm-hmm. did anything. Mm-hmm. So people do that all the time. They fill that stuff out. They'll adopt a whole bunch of them and then they'll ship them down to Mexico or to Canada for oh. slaughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole Mustang issue to me was like kind of the same as like our veterans with the VA system and like the struggles. I was like, there's these two things that both need help. Mm -hmm. So the best way to help both of them was to put them together. Mm -hmm. So there's like a very big, like therapeutic side of it. There's, um, there's a nonprofit out West and they do it with inmates. So they take the wild Mustangs and they have inmates in this program, work with the Mustangs and do the gentling process. And the numbers for those inmates going back to prison after being part of that process are almost zero. Mm. Where normally, like, chances of an inmate going back to prison are, like, 100%. Right. So just, like, the, you know, the data behind how it can, like, rewire people. I was like, Mm -hmm. if it's working like that for inmates, Mm -hmm. it's because, I mean, if you think about it, like, inmates, half the issue there is more, like, of a mental health issue in itself well, it's, than uh, anything. Yeah, so a lot of it's probably really bad upbringing, yeah, trauma exactly. early on yep. in life, and yeah, yeah, that drove them that way, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so with veterans, what's the? Uh, is it giving them a sense of purpose? Is it having them relate to the animal? Yeah, it, I mean, if you think about both of them, they like they kind of correlate pretty perfectly. You know, you think about you know a soldier and you know, everything's going good and they're living their life and they're happy. And then all of a sudden some traumatic experience happens and it's not anymore. And then when you get out of the military or transitioning, like you lose your family. So you lose, you lose all that. And now Mm -hmm. you're scared. You don't trust anybody. It's the same with a Mustang. Like they're out living their life with their family. And then all of a sudden a traumatic experience comes in now they're in a holding facility like they don't trust us they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. so you put them together and they like build that trust and everything back up together mm-hmm. so it's like a really cool experience to watch how's the feedback been from from veterans good yeah yeah, yeah. as they as they build they they they, they find benefit they, they, oh yeah. absolutely yeah mm-hmm. how long is the program so the program is going to be at least 14 weeks the way that i have it set up right now Um, at my facility, I can't have people stay there. I don't have like the lodging and everything set Mm -hmm. up. 
So the people that are going through, I have two going through right now, they have to just set aside the time every day to come That's out. difficult because, yeah, yeah like I, I know some other ones like Mighty Oaks and all, they bring people out and they immerse them, right? You yeah, really need to be immersed. My, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going for. But it's like the whole funding thing when yeah. you just start up. And I mean, I just started it a few months ago. So okay. it's like yeah. the building process to get to that. But I, I think when, when you when you stay there and you live there and you live with, with the, the, yeah. the Mustang. Yeah, and that's what you do like all when day. When you go home every day, you're almost breaking yeah. that chain, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you have to come when you're already tired from work. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you have to like really be able to get out of your head with yeah. these horses, you know, like you can't lie to the horses like you can your spouse or me or even mm -hmm. yourself, you know, like they mm -hmm. they can tell. Mm -hmm. So if you're frustrated, you're not going to get anywhere that day with the Mustang. So it really mm -hmm. like teaches you to become a lot more self-aware, you know, mm -hmm. and you can start realizing like, oh, I'm getting irritated. I need to like walk away and calm down and then come back at it and approach it in a different way. And I mean, it's the same thing at home with you know, your wife and kids, mm -hmm. you need to realize like, okay, I'm getting to a point where I'm about to say something that's going to like hurt mm -hmm. everybody's feelings and I'm not going to be able to come back from that right now. So I need to just walk away, calm down and then come back and we'll yeah. go at it again. Yeah. You know the so, way like, uh, like where's Vinny? Where's Vinny? In the other Oh, my dog. He, he, my service dog. But you know, when you, when you deal with a dog, like you're the alpha male, right? Yeah. And he just, he just assumes that role, right? I mean, Vinny's a big baby, but, but he, uh, I assume it's not that way with a Mustang. Like, like that, you're, you're not almost controlling that animal. Like he, he, he's doing whatever he wants to do and you're trying yeah. to work in that space, I guess. That's, right? that's kind of like the, like the fun process is you get these horses to a point where they trust you so much that they're going to do what you want them to do mm -hmm. just out of like love and respect. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. you have to, you have to be very careful with them because they are fragile or if you upset them, mm -hmm. like it's going to take a lot to bring that back. Like, mm -hmm. um, Ryan was working with this one Mustang and he got frustrated and didn't walk away. And he like just, pushed him too hard was just making him like run and just being a little too like aggressive not mm. in like a hitting him or throwing anything just yeah. a, a body language way and making him run well he like took 10 steps back with that mustang like it took like probably a month yeah. for him to be able to like build that trust back and it's wow. like it's, yeah they're very personality driven, right? Yeah. Horses like, like, you know, the, um, I remember talking to a, a guy at West when we were, when I was out in Utah and he was talking about like ranch horses are very different than horses in other parts of the world yeah. like, or other parts of the country. Like you, you take a ranch horse, it's a certain type of horse and it's trained a certain way and it's bred a certain way. Yep. Like you can't take a horse from somewhere else and put them in there and, and they're not going to survive. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it's a, uh, they're, they're such a cool animal. They yeah. really are. Yeah, they're uh, they're awesome. So um, where can people find you if they want to donate? Because it's a very worthy cause. Yeah. Um, where, where can people, on social um, media, uh, yeah. your website? So social media is uh, veteran.mustang.mission for Instagram and uh, Facebook is the same. And then uh, www.veteranmustangmission.com is our website. Okay, and we'll put all the links down below. Um, so yeah, very worthy cause. Um, I hope you get, how many acres do you have? 
I only have about 40 right now. Okay. So. Yeah. But you, what you really need is a bunkhouse, right? And a place for people yeah, to stay. That's, that's the plan know? is I really, I want to move it um, out West. I'm kind of undecided between like Texas, New Mexico, Nevada area. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at Wyoming or? It's I too cold. Oh. Like being from New York, I'm oh. like, I'm done with the snow. Yeah. I'm done with the cold. Like I want yeah. dry heat, but I don't want to deal with the cold. But yeah, yeah I want to buy at least a hundred acres out there. That way I can have it set up. Mm-hmm. where it is like a bunch of little cabins so it's people come there and it's mm-hmm. more you know the holistic yeah. approach to things every day for them where you wake up with the mustangs and you do some yoga and meditate and just mm-hmm. kind of be able to break contact from yeah because i mean you yeah. think about like mm-hmm. all these programs like the military is just so known for like, oh, you're having problems? Let me send you on a weekend retreat. Mm-hmm. Oh, your marriage isn't good right now? Okay, we're going to send you on a weekend couples retreat. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, wow, that those two days didn't like fix you? It's mm-hmm. like, it's <laughs> never going to work, you know? So yeah. I feel like you just, you really, you need to be able to go and be in that how environment. Long, how long would the perfect timeline be? I would say 12 to 14 weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put all the links down below. Um, Angie, thanks for coming in. Yeah, and, thanks for and having come me. Come back and see us and, and let us know how it goes. Okay. And uh, if we can help in any way in the future, let us know. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. That's a wrap. Uh, until next time, stay alert, stay alive. Stay alive.